So what I'm wanting to do on this show is um, kind of a unicorn hunting theme because my daughter Celia made me a wonderful little intro with, you know, we'll find the unicorn in you. It, and I thought, you know, it really makes sense because you and I both know the stat that 87% of all realtors fail within five years. <laughs> so yes. we're already down to top 13%, so that's pretty good. That's Just right. to be surviving as a realtor in the biz. Um, and then there's a whole new level, right? There's actually having success, not selling three things a year and going, hey, this is pretty nice, I'm supplementing my day job. Um, the people that we've been spending time here with at this conference are definitely not that kind of people. No. <laughs> right, they're definitely the unicorns of the industry. Because yeah, they've risen to the top. Um, and so my goal with this podcast would be uh, to make it where it's got some value for realtors, obviously, for business people, because I, you know I've done a sales video because me sales are sales are sales. It, it's all the same thing. The, the lessons are very similar in business. And if you're not in business, the lessons kind of are still the same. It's working with people. It's overcoming adversity. It's uh, dealing with hardship. And so I'm really more interested. Whereas I think a lot of shows and podcasts and interviews deal with what's your geofarming secret you know how do you put the right amount of postcards in the right amount of hands it's almost more like what's your mental toughness secret you know it's like how do you how are you still here why did 87 percent fail and then out of that 13 percent 95 percent let's say um have far less success right you know to where they're still struggling or they go you know i'm one of the 13 percent. i do seven deals a year i do 10 deals a year honestly and, and for them Honestly, as we'd always say, you know, I always say, if you're happy, I'm happy, right? For some people, that's all they want, um, and happiness is the key. So, I mean, there are some people who have a different source of income, or maybe they sell high-end, and they don't need any more money. So, I think that's good. Um, but one reason I thought of you is you are just famous in the Tom Ferry ecosystem for having the most beautiful marketing pieces and ideas. So, we're definitely going to get into some of that, but before we do... Pretend I don't know you at all. I just want to know what, who you are. What start with your business? You know, like what your team setup is, how you run your business in general, where you are, anything that, that you want to share about your numbers or anything like that. And then let's then we're going to go backwards from there. So all right, that sounds like a plan. So Tammy, my name is Glenda Baker. <laughs> I'm a real estate broker from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so you do go by Glenda Baker. Only Glenda Baker. Uh, that's why I get confused because that really is the name you go by because it's my stage that's name. how they said it's your alter ego stage name. Okay. It's my stage name. And so that. so everybody in real estate knows me as Glenda Baker. It's very rare that I'll ever incorporate LeBlanc except on the contract where the real estate law says that my name has to be Glenda Baker LeBlanc because that's what I'm licensed in. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. I did not realize. Yeah. So uh, I've been in real estate since Jesus was a baby, about 27 years. That's um, a long time in this industry to make it. Oh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I, I, you know, I look back, zero to 15, like I remember, but like 15 <laughs> to 25 was like warp speed. Mm -hmm. And then probably the last two years um, have really, I've really kind of gotten in my groove. Like I've, I'm excited, like I know what I'm doing, I know where the focus is. So probably the last two years, it's like hitting on all cylinders. Um, but I, I started purely by accident. Um, my mom worked for a developer. Um, I designed and manufactured ladies' clothing, actually. Really? Really. Um, I barely got out of high school. I didn't go to college. 
and um, I was uh, doing some modeling in Atlanta. I was uh, in my bedroom making some little clothes that I could wear because mm -hmm. uh, I've always been interested in fashion. Um, and I was selling to my friends right. and, um, you know, working, selling shoes uh, at the department store. And I've been doing that since I was 16. And um, I went down for a modeling job and the owner of the showroom said, that is such a cute outfit. Who, who makes that? And I said, I make this in my bedroom. And she goes, I think we could sell these. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm here to model. <laughs> I get $125 a day. The show is five days. I'm looking. I want my money. Uh, yeah. I'm looking. It's good yeah. money in the day. Yeah. Right? Oh, in 1992. Are you kidding? Oh, <laughs> in 1992, and I'm like uh, 25, 24 years old. Like, hello. And it was modeling. If they paid you five dollars a day, you'd probably do it. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I, um, I, I, this lady says, "Let's sell them." And I'm like, "I don't know about that." She goes, "I'll make a deal with you." She goes, "How many do you have?" I said, "Oh, I don't know, five, six, seven. She goes, "Put ten more together, bring them down. Let's show them." And uh, if you don't sell a thing, if you don't sell anything. If you don't sell as much as you would make being a model, I'll pay you the money you would have made as a model and we'll call it a day. And I said, okay. Well, so well, go for it. I go home and I tell my mom and my fiance at the time, um, look, I'm gonna show these clothes. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so here I am in my bedroom making the clothes for the next week. And I show in a showroom and the first show I sold $45,000 worth of clothes. Shut up. And that was wholesale, forty-five thousand wholesale. So what was this outfit? Well, now, now that's what we're gonna want to see, right? We're gonna want some pictures of the day. <laughs> do, you, do you know what it was? Uh, it was women's separates. Yeah. It was uh, little decorated T-shirts with sequins. Can oh, you? Oh yeah. If they had sequin, sequin uh, embellishments. Okay. And glitter. Glenda is known for her glitter and her sequins. One of the many things we have in common. And glitter. <laughs> and glitter. So, so I started out in 1992 designing and manufacturing clothing that had sequins and glitter. I was destined to be glitter. You so were. Yeah. And so. Which is the nickname she has with her grandbaby. Exactly. Uh, and so I, I sell that. I did that for about two years. So that's how you can do forty five thousand because when you're like at a market type show, yeah, you weren't having to make that much in bulk items. They weren't no. picking them up; they were ordering them. Yeah, Saks Fifth Avenue, mm -hmm. um, Federated Department Stores, which is now Macy's, uh, Riches. I mean, it was insane. That is insane. And, and I was like, so, so I go home and I'm. Now, what are these separates? You mean the t-shirts I could get, but you're making some bottoms here. What are these? They were they were little like pants. They were and you were sewing pants. And, and I don't even know. I don't even, no, no, no. I bought the bodies and decorated them. Oh. I, it was crafting. You'd sell it on Etsy today. I hear you now. And so, um, and I don't even wear pants. I've never seen you in pants. You're right. You're I, I never, ever wear pants. <laughs> so, yeah, I was designing manufacturing ladies' clothing, and, and as somebody was mean to me. I shipped them a package here to New York, Yeah. and I'm in Atlanta. And I and the check bounced. This is back in the olden days when UPS brought you your check. Yeah. And I said, "Sir, I'm just calling because your check bounced." And he goes, "He goes, yeah, I'm not paying you." I'm like, "Oh my goodness gracious! Is there a problem with the clothes?" No. Mm -mm. And I'm like, "What? Well, why aren't you gonna pay me?" 
He's like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Come to New York and sue me for my bounce check? It's gonna cost you more than the $400 check. Click. Unbelievable. And I called my mom and I said, mommy, these people are so mean. I cannot be in retail. <laughs> and she goes, pumpkin, you need to sell real estate. And I literally didn't know how mean real estate people are. <laughs> I know. That was the I, best day. I, I thought retail was bad. <laughs> And so, um, retails for cream puffs. Yeah, to real exactly. <laughs> so no lie. Um, that was in, um, July. Yeah. And by September 13th, I was licensed oh and I needed a paycheck. I had this small, by this time I had a small itty bitty baby, um, less than a year. I was married. So I needed a check. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm going to be a real estate assistant. And, um, I go interview with these three ladies and these, I mean, these ladies are, they are the reload queens. They are, I mean, they are militant really? real estate. I mean, they're in the top and they worked for Remax and they were huge. Okay. One lady drove a white Jaguar and on the back of her tag, it said relocate uh, re and the, a T E was at an A. An, uh, an eight. An eight and an eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, they were big. They were big on reload. They she was big. she was kind of digging her heels in the reload yeah. with that license. Plate. And she had a white Jaguar. <laughs> and so um I mean I was like, I went and interviewed with them. And you know, I gotta interrupt you because I had it's kinda of, you know, Gary B style, I guess he just interrupts. So don't forget that. Have you ever had a personalized plate? Not yet. But I'm getting one. My husband Shut is up. ordering me one, <laughs> and he won't tell me what he's ordering me. Oh, well, then you're so, going to go back and post. We're going to know what it is when I, you get it. I have no idea. I'm so excited. Because I have had several. I've had a... Oh, I can see this about you. <laughs> and I don't have one right now, so which is kind of weird. I buy a new car, and it's too much trouble. you got to go down to the yeah. courthouse. you got to switch it all out. It's all, it's all the whole thing. Um, but I've had a couple, at least, that I can remember. I had a Giddy Up. Giddy Up. Uh -huh. I wanted it to be G I D D, you know, kind of creamy, kind of like that he would always do. And I had a '61 Corvette Classic uh, uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago or so, and I wanted something with Giddy Up 409. So I Giddy Up on one, and then after that, my next one was, was L E T Z R O L. Let's roll. <clears throat> and so that for years I had Let's Roll, and right now I don't have one, but I'm kind of fun. But I can see you being one that might have one. I, I'm gonna have one. By the so end of the right. year, I'm gonna have one. I had one. a sense for it that it was coming. So, yeah. Okay, so you're with the relocate. And so those ladies, they're like, no, we hate you. And I'm like, excuse what? me? They're like, yeah, you're much too bouncy for us. Uh, we do not want anybody that has that much personality. And I'm like, <gasps> when can be the worst. Now, right? keep in mind, I've gone from retail where the people are mean. And they're bouncing your checks. And this is you. my first interview. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go on the second interview and the ladies are fabulous. Good. They are so nice. They're so sweet. The interview goes great. There's rapport. They love me. I can feel it. I leave there and the next day I get the phone call from Irene and she says, she says, hey, Glenda, it's Irene. And I'm like, hey, Irene. And she's like, oh, we love you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. She goes, we're not gonna hire you. Oh, no. And I'm like, excuse me? And she goes, oh yeah. She goes, you're not gonna be an assistant for long. And we don't wanna trade our competition, train our competition. So we wish you the best of luck. And so um, I was like, oh my gosh, this did not just happen. 
And so I had been reading a book oh. called How to Develop a Six-Figure Income in Real Estate by Mike Ferry. Really? So Tom Ferry's father. Getting but... ready, I've been reading this book. So I dog-eared it, I'd highlighted, I'd gone back and forth. And I had done everything that that, now keep in mind, I still don't have my license because it's the olden days. I'd gone down to the college where you use this thing called a pencil and you fill out stuff on <laughs> the a paper. Oh no. no, no, no. And you don't get your test results back for two weeks. So I'm like, I've been reading my book. I'm going to be an assistant. Nobody wants to hire me. So um, I go to this lady that I had met through my mom's business. I'd done the presentation uh, for my mom's business and met this broker. And I called her and I said, can I come in and talk to you about being real estate? She said, absolutely. And I got in there and I'm sitting down and she was like, so Colton, what's your goal? And I said, look, I said, I've been reading this book, How to Develop Six-Figure Income in Real Estate. I've done everything that the books that I could do while I'm not licensed. And I have five listings. So somebody's got to give me a job and I hope that it's going to be you. And she says, wait a minute, you've got five listings? Oh, I what said, do you mean? I said, yeah. She goes, and you don't have your license yet. I said, no, 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 but I've taken the test. You know, with God's help, I'm going to pass it. And she goes, how'd you get five listings? I said, well, the book says, call everybody that you know and ask them if they want to buy a house or sell a house. I said, so I called everybody I knew and I asked them, do you want to buy a house or sell a house? Either one is fine with me. And five people said, well, list our house with you. She goes, you are kidding me. I said, nope. And sure enough, I walked in the door uh, with five listings. And keep in mind, I still don't have my, I still don't have my license. But they're lined up and waiting for you because yeah. you said you, yeah. Yeah. Because you did what you're supposed to do. Well, they're people do. that I know. Yes. And then they know, like, and trust me. Oh, but Glenda, you call people that you know, that's embarrassing. Oh my gosh. Right? I mean, y'all know. You can't call people, you know, because then what if they say no? Oh my God. Well, right. surely I called more than five people. A whole yeah, bunch of people said no. <laughs> and my godmother, my godmother said, no. We're going to list our house with Harry Norman. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know me. She's like, honey, she goes, we have a fancy house in Buckhead. We're not listing it with you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But I was okay. I was okay because it was a numbers game. I called so many people. I got five listings. I did what the book said. I duplicated the success. And I was like, good. So I get to the real estate office. I've been hired. I've got a job. I don't have my license yet because still the olden days. So I'm reading my book and I'm going through the newspaper. I'm highlighting and cutting out the for sale by owners, putting them on the index card in my little <laughs> file cabinet, one through 31. And I get there on, mon on Monday morning at nine o'clock and it's me and Carol. I'm like, Carol, where is everybody? Carol's the secretary. I said, Carol, where is everybody? She goes, honey, it's real estate. They'll roll in about 11. I'm like, it's a job. Like, they're not required to be here. Oh, it's real estate. It's optional. You don't ever have to come in. What I'm kind like, of job is this? <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I, I, like, I can't even imagine that. I'm like, you're joking, right? She's like, no. So sure enough, I sat, I sat in the bullpen, because I was new. That's where they put you in the bullpen. And they roll in every day about 11 o'clock. They shoot the bull make some copies, chit chat, they'd leave. I was like, this is insane to me. Like I couldn't even believe it. But the girl who was the number one agent in the office, she had an office. Like she had a private 
corner, mm -hmm. fancy office with a window. And I watched her and she was busy all the time. Yeah. She was in, she was working, she was on the phone. And I was like, oh. So I went to the broker and I said, could I move my cube? And she's like, sure, where do you want to move it? I said, oh, I just, I'm gonna sit over here. And she goes, sure, is anybody sitting there? Nope. I said, okay. So sure enough, I go, I get the closest cubicle to that number one girl's office. Mm. And for the next How many people in the office, give or take? Two, it was five, huge. It was 90 <clears throat> people in the real estate Taj Mahal at Buckhead Brokers. So this wow. is the largest real estate office in Atlanta that I've okay. gone to. I have no idea. I have no selection process. Yeah. Remember, I've been not hired by two yeah. people. They let you come in. They, yeah. they allowed you to be there. I so. only know this lady because I made a presentation at her office for my mom. Gotcha. So literally, I, I have no idea, no clue. My mom had a little staging business. And so I've made a presentation about the staging. So you get by the number one. You're back yeah, there. I'm, I'm over there in the queue. And all I do is back my chair up. <laughs> and listen, I read my how to develop a six-figure income. I listen. She goes. She tells her assistant, James, I need, um, I need, a, I need copies. And he's like, okay, give me a minute, give me a minute. And I would just miraculously walk by the door. Hey, how's it going? And she would say, Hey, could you make these copies for me? I'm like, absolutely. Ah. And she'd say, I need 25 copies. I'd make 27. 25 for her and two for me. And I put them in my little book. She'd say, hey, um, could you hold, hold an open house? Absolutely. Hey, could you uh, could you take these flyers over to my, for, to my listing? Absolutely. Whatever that girl asked me to do, I did anything she wanted. Smart. And I sat there and I listened to her talk. And sure enough, by the time that my license rolled in in the next week, um, I had all of my collateral material templates yeah. <laughs> and I literally took everything that she did. I glendified it. I redesigned it. Um, I went to a printer. I spent $3,500. It's $19.92. My husband and my mother, I, I haven't made a dollar. That was so much money. It's, it's still a lot of money for something like starting. Oh my God. A new agent, that would be a lot to spend oh, today. It was huge because all they gave me was my business card. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what do I do? How do I get to the rest? Mm -hmm. So I've spent $3,500. I've gotten me some fancy branding. And um, it says, go to expired list. Go to, go to, what, what, what exactly did you spend that $3,500 on in those days? Like, what was that paying for? Photos. Do you know how much photos were in professional photos in 1992 were $1,000? Yeah, because the iPhone wasn't invented. No. So you had to go to someone who, who was the gatekeeper of that skill. And, and, the photographer. Exactly. The professional to make you look good, right? Yeah. Yeah. In their, in their professional <laughs> studio. I didn't have a professional no. photo. We spent a ton of But I did because I was a model, for God's sake. Oh, good oh but no, no. You couldn't use those. Okay. Couldn't use those because those were fashion and mm -hmm. you know you're a business person yeah. and so I, I remember my very first uh, headshot I had on an orange which orange is not my color orange mm -hmm. big earrings I had bangs and big hair not much has changed <laughs> anyway um, and so I I, I mean I, I spent money on photographer printing you had to go to like a printer mm -hmm. like a printing press like you had to go to them 
they had to do the graphic design. Real estate companies didn't have graphic design. There was no Canva. There, no. <laughs> there was no Vistaprint. No. And there was like no, like the real estate companies didn't offer that. Uh-uh. So, That's interesting, yeah. So here I am with my professional printer, my professional photographer, my $3,500, and my husband, my new husband telling me, I don't know about this. My Where mom, were you getting that kind of money? You had to put that on credit. My mom gave me oh, the she money. she did? Okay, because I know there's no way you didn't. No. Not so you hadn't sold anything. You no, I hadn't sold anything. I was poor. Yep. And um, my mom gave me the money. She's like, Duncan, I'm going to invest in you. Uh, You're going to be a star. And I was like. Kind of that song fancy, that Reba McIntyre song. Looks like I wasn't selling that. That's right. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I, she's like, you're going to be a star. And I was like, okay. So sure enough, I, um, I one of the tips in the book was go to know your market. Develop a farm. And so I, I lived in a, an apartment with my little baby and my husband. And I said, okay, I'm gonna sell in these neighborhoods where these fancy houses are. So they were using the term farming even then. Oh they yeah, were you okay. were gonna farm mm -hmm. in your neighborhood. Well, I lived in an apartment for God's sake. I wasn't gonna farm in my <laughs> well, crappy apartment. Nobody was buying, they're yeah. renting. And so. Because it's in New York City where you own an apartment. Yeah. In the South, you only rent an apartment. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've never heard of that until I was an adult. Like, what is buying an apartment? Thing? I know. I was like, who buys an apartment? <laughs> so I, no lie, I'm like, I go and I'm, I'm, um, I get all the information about these houses. I make a book and it has a picture of every house and all the tax records. I had no, nobody told me to do that, but I'm a visual person. I needed to see, touch, and feel it, and I studied them, every single one. And then it said, be be visible in your community. Well, but wait a minute, I didn't live in a fancy neighborhood. <laughs> so no lie, I drove my car, I took my baby, I parked my car at the pool, at the clubhouse, mm -hmm. I got my stroller out, I got my baby out, I strolled my baby, through all of those neighborhoods every night at 7 p.m. When people might be around? When out, people when were water in the yard? When or? they were out and about, <clears throat> coming home from work. Okay. And I'd walk by your house, hey, hey, you'd drive by, hey, hey. Looking for somebody receptive and yeah. might make eye contact oh, way back. Yeah, and, I smile, yeah. strolling my baby. Uh -huh. And um, this lady came to my office, she made a presentation. She said, uh, you need to send out newsletters to your farm. I'm like, okay, sign me up. My mom's like, okay, pumpkin, mm -hmm. I'm gonna invest in you, but we need to make some money. Yeah. And so, keep, keep in mind, I'm licensed September 13th, and I've dropped all of this money, and it's like the 1st of October. But it's okay, because I've got my five listings. Keep in mind. That's true. Remember, I've got those five you listings. Got coming up. You're feeling good. So, I get one of them under contract. I hadn't sold yet, no problem. So, I do my newsletters, I'm sending out my newsletters. I'm, it said preview the houses in your farm. So I made an appointment and I went to look at all of the houses. Mm -hmm. The little book said the seller can be home. That's even better because then you'll meet the seller. Nobody else has met the seller. So back in the olden days, again, you didn't have some fancy showing service. You called the telephone number. Yep. Hey, and it had your name on it even. Oh. Hey, Ms. Pack, it's Glenda Baker with Buckhead Brokers. I want to preview your house at 123 Banana Street. I'm not going to be with my client. I'm just coming because I, you know, 
there are a lot of homes in your neighborhood and I'm the expert in your neighborhood. I just want to make sure I know what's available. So is this one that's listed or is it FISBO? Or it's what? listed. It's for okay. sale because yeah. I'm getting market knowledge. Yeah. Ms. Pack, I need to know about your home because yeah. when I have a buyer, I want to be able to show it. Absolutely. You don't need to leave. It just whatever's convenient for you. You can let me in. You know, I'll be quiet as a mouse. I just want to look at your beautiful home. So I go over and the homeowner would open the door and I would say, the book said, the book said, tell the homeowner, use this script. Oh, Ms. Pack, nobody knows your home better than you. If you have a few minutes, I'd love for you to walk me through. Give me the door, okay. And then Ms. Pack told me, look at this ficus tree, look at the Italian marble. Oh my gosh, I love your home. So guess what? Mr. Pack called me. Hey, Glenda. You met with my wife, you previewed our house, our listing expired. We'd love to list our house with you. Wow. And I'm like, wonderful. Uh, now keep in mind, I've looked at all the houses in the neighborhood. I said, what's your address? He goes, 3711 River Mansions Drive. I said, oh my gosh, that's my favorite house. The white <laughs> house with the columns, the pink Italian marble, the 32 foot ficus tree, the atrium on the back. And he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, exactly. And I'm like, oh, I know everything about your house. I know that Mr. Garcia built it because I had done all of my research. I'd made copious notes on all the stuff that the homeowner had told me. He was already sold before I even got in the door. I then I walk in with my books that have every house in the neighborhood. And no lie, the guy listed the house with me on Christmas Eve. So now keep in mind. No, but back up first of all, because nobody else can relate to what these even books are. It's a, it's a three-inch, uh -huh. three-ring binder notebook with plastic sheet protectors with a, a real photo that I took with a camera. You made this book. I made the book. This is some online that you're No, I made the days book. of working for it. I made the book. <laughs> I went to Wolf Camera. I had the pictures developed. Yep. And no lie, I, I, but I, it gave me market knowledge that I didn't have. Absolutely. Because when he said 3711 River Mansions Drive, I knew exactly which house it was because all I had done was study all of those houses. And that made such an impression. And yeah, because he's like, I'm all of a sudden, knowledge equals expertise. I love that. And he loved that. It equaled power. And so. But you know what? For one thing you did there, you busted your tail working to get that. Absolutely. And I think a lot of agents these days, uh, just human nature, want to sit there and wait and see if the phone's going to ring. Well, keep in mind, nobody was in the office before 11. I was the there. phone rang, you still got it. I was there at 9 o'clock. Yeah. I was there at 9 o'clock. I did not leave until 5 or 6 o'clock. Yeah. Because my like mom, job. I, was a, I was raised like by a single parent. My mom went to work every morning at 8. She came home every day at 5. If her boss called, she answered the phone. Back then, you didn't have caller ID. You always answered the phone. Yeah. My mom answered the phone. Whatever he needed, it didn't matter if it was 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. or Saturday or Sunday. You did it. Yeah. You just did. I mean, yeah. there was no, oh, if your call is received after 7 p.m., it'll be returned the next business day. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. No. Not and going so, to job, right? Yeah. So I just, I mean, literally, I just worked, 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 worked. So you said Christmas Eve. He, he listened, he listened to the house with me. And so by then, I had gotten a house under contract. And so I got my first listing under contract because things didn't move back then at the no. rate that they moved. And, and, and are you like the only agent on the planet who started their career with five listings versus some yeah. buyers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like everybody in the office was like, who are you? <laughs> and so sure enough, I'm, um, I'm, I'm listed and, and I get this house under contract and the seller dies. 
You're kidding me. So mm-hmm. someone you know, because so, they don't get used to be. Yeah, it's my cousin. He dies. Oh, my word. And so after acceptance, prior closing. So, so you're in no man's land. So, but I didn't tell anybody. What do you do? Because I needed it to close. <laughs> and so the closing attorney calls me. She's like, hey, Glenda, it's Linda. And I'm like, hey, Linda, how's it going? She goes, um, I just need to, um, I, everybody knew that the seller had been sick. He hadn't been feeling well. He, he, you know, was ill. Everybody knew that. And she said, um, I want to make sure that Ismael's going to be able to come to closing. And I'm like, uh, no, he's not. <laughs> and she's like, okay. I said, but it's okay because we have a power of attorney. And uh, she goes, uh, and you know where this is going because you're an attorney. <laughs> uh, and she goes, okay, great. And so I hang up the phone and I call Albert. And I'm like, the closing attorney wanted to know if Ismael was coming to closing. And he goes, what'd you say? I said, well, I told her no. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So I hang up the phone and the phone rings. And I said, hello? And she goes, hey, Linda, it's Glenda. She goes, the seller's not dead, is he? And I said, Linda, let me call you back. So I call Albert. <laughs> let me check on like, that. <laughs> Albert, she wants to know if he's dead. And Albert goes, okay, he's dead. You got to tell her. And I'm like, okay. So I get the phone. I'm like, hey, Linda, it's Glenda. Um, the seller's dead. <laughs> and she goes, I said, but it's okay. Because we've got a power oh, of attorney. We got this. And she goes, Glenda, the power of attorney died when he did. And I'm like, oh, oh goodness. Oh, goodness. Um, that's not going to delay closing, is it? Because <laughs> keep in mind, I haven't had a check. It's a December. Check. I haven't had a lot of checks in September. She's like, please tell me he has a will. I'm like, no, he doesn't have a will. No. And she's like, oh my gosh. No lie, that closing attorney called her friend, the probate judge, got the will probated, got all of the heirs to sign out, and we closed on time. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Second transaction, the listing agent dies. Really? Between acceptance and closing. Oh, you're kidding. No. <clears throat> and my broker came to me and she goes, Glenda, you're doing a great job. You're a hustler. She goes, but I tell you, if somebody else dies in a transaction you're in, we're going to need to like reevaluate <laughs> your career as a real estate agent. Your first two. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I didn't kill them. Your first two days. My first two transactions, two people died. That's crazy. It was insane. We have had one seller die now during, I think it was during escrow in five years. Oh, yeah. And for your first two. First two transactions. So it's December. And so I have a great December because I've listed the house on River Mansions. I've also listed a house in River Glen. All of these bordered the river, these fancy neighborhoods. I've got my five listings. I've got a house under contract and January comes out and I am the agent of the month for December. And uh, from your whole brokerage, which is huge. From my whole brokerage, brokerage. I'm agent of the, from my office, 90 yeah. agents. I'm a, brand new. September 13th, month, yeah. September 13th, December, I'm agent of the month. That's crazy. I never looked back. I never looked back. I knew what I was doing. I could duplicate it. I could be, I could predict it and I could be successful. You know, it's just not rocket science. No. But I mean, don't you get sick of this whole real estate's easy money thing? Is there anything that's less easy money? Do you, do, you know, <laughs> do you know what? We had the opportunity yesterday to sit in a room and listen to somebody talk about uh, uh, making the real estate transaction easier for the consumer. And I think that technology is a wonderful, wonderful tool. 
and I think that the real estate transaction has definitely changed uh, from the antiquated system that it was and has been. But ultimately, there is no substitute for a great real estate agent. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. There is no algorithm, there's no technology <clears throat> that intrinsically knows the value of a ranch over a traditional, over Banana Street versus Apple Street. Um, or how to package it. Because you are the, you are the queen of packaging yeah. the property, right? There, yeah. There's two things. You got to know what it's worth, uh, how to evaluate a property, because pricing is everything, right? right? Finding that right value and then taking that and packaging it so right. the right people see it. Right. And, and, and an algorithm and technology, while they are such a compliment to our industry, like for me, it's like a kid in a candy store because I love marketing. I love the packaging. I love the rollout. But the money is in finding the buyer that will, not finding any buyer, finding the buyer that will pay the most money. Any real estate agent can find a buyer. Good point. But, you, but finding the buyer that's gonna pay the most money for that house is an art. It's a science. And, it, and when skill and art meet, that is when the magic happens. That's a great way of putting it. It is. And, and you know, it's so funny because I was talking to my husband about the presentation that we saw yesterday. And my husband said, this is such an amazing opportunity to showcase your excellence. I love that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, think about it. It's just, it is such, we are living in a time that, um, that if you are not embracing technology, you're getting buried by it. Yeah. But recognizing the limitations of, of technology and real estate and being able to capitalize that on that for as a real estate agent is going to make the difference. That there's just no replacing elbow grease there's in addition not. to intuition no. and skill and artistry, like you said. That's when, the, when it really all comes together. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, is that as an industry, when when a consumer, a buyer or seller, is trusting their single, typically, their single largest asset to amateurs and discounters, obviously there's no demand for excellence. Obviously, we haven't shown them the difference between mediocrity and excellence. And yeah, I, I was definitely. talking to, um, to um, a real estate advisor uh, last month and I, and, and I was on my post from the Porsche. I do these little video series yeah, on my Facebook yeah. posts from the Porsche because I have a Panamera. And I was talking about, do you realize Julie could get licensed on Tuesday? And if she sells one, two, three Banana Street, she makes the same money as if I sell one, two, three Banana Street. So Julie has a buyer. I have a buyer. That buyer wants to buy one, two, three Banana Street. Julie and I make the same money. Let me ask you a question. Does the best lawyer make the money as the lawyer that got licensed on Tuesday? That's a great point. Does the, does the surgeon that got his medical license on Tuesday get the same money as the surgeon who operated on Kevin Durant? Probably not. Does Zion, who got drafted as the number one draft pick, does he get paid the same money as LeBron? 
No, I am the LeBron of real estate. I am the Michael Jordan. I like, I have 27 years. I've had people die. I've had people get divorced. I've had people get married. You see, I've had people yeah. go bankrupt all in the middle of the transaction. Yeah. Yep. And to be able to keep that, it, it was, it was so funny to me. Last year we sold 137 houses. Of those 137, only two transactions didn't make it to the closing table that went under contract. Only two. That's a lot of deals holding together. Somebody said to me, somebody said to me, oh, but Glenda, if I find the house, will you give me a discount? I said, let me ask you a question. If Bill Belichick tells Tom Brady where the field is, do you think he gets a discount? <laughs> Tom Brady gets paid for execution. Yep. I get paid to get the ball to the end zone, yep. to get it down the field and into the end zone. And Julie, God bless her soul. As we said in the South. While, while <laughs> she may be perfectly competent and capable, there's never a problem till there's a problem. And when somebody dies in the middle of a transaction, I was fortunate that I had Linda Curry the partner of the law firm pulled my ass out from in front of the bus where my seller would have could have lost the deal. Yeah. So while there are exceptions to every rule, you it takes years to build an amazing team to to gather that experience, those nuances. That's not something that some algorithm is going to do. No. And it's also somebody who walks in the door tomorrow doesn't know unless no. they're unless they're shepherded no. and 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 embraced and and Julie may be a, may be brilliant but Julie's yeah. not competent that first week honestly no. because none of us are well, no one walks in their first week and knows the things that it's taken us this time shepherding and guidance right. to get there what can you imagine giving a closing argument your was your first one the same as your last no. one that's that's the thing that just nor did I make the same amount of money in the beginning at right. the end, right? Exactly. It's and crazy, you're right, real estate's the, the only Real career. estate is absolutely insane to me. And the fact that we have disruptors and intermediaries that are trying to get in the middle of the transaction and claim a value in the form of a referral fee or claim the value in the form of some discount to the consumer. Like, like I, I was on my flight and I live in Atlanta, headquarters of Delta. And the man sitting next to me, he says to you, he says to me, do you always fly Delta? I said, I always fly Delta. He goes, or Sky Partner. He goes, you never fly any other airline. I said, no. He goes, why? He goes, there's plenty of other airlines that are cheaper. I said, there is no cost discount to the experience of trust that I'm going to get with Delta, yeah. period. Yep. I don't care if you're flying me for free. Yeah. There is no substitute in my head for the experience of trust that I'm, that there's equity in the experience. They know your hub. They know your area. You know them. They're going to get me You know safely. what they're going to do if a flight's canceled, right? You've yeah. got experience with them. And, 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 and you, and, and the real <clears throat> estate transaction, this is your single largest asset. Do you really want to trust somebody headquartered in God knows where. Because they probably don't tell you where. That's never <laughs> been in your house. No. They've never been in your house as a seller. You're the buyer. They've never stepped foot in that house. They have Crazy. some spit and glue contractor 
that's painted the gold fixtures, painted them with metallic paint that's going to be gone by the time that you close. Like, yeah. are you seriously trusting this person to buy your largest single investment? Jesus Christ. Save it just, it, it, honestly, as my husband said, I, I listen to these things and it is an opportunity to exploit my excellence. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I love that. Yeah. So you've come a long way, obviously, from those early days. Um, so what, like, what is your, what does your group look like now? Do you run a team? How are you set up? I run a team, and I've always said I always run a female team because mm -hmm. it's always been all women. Um, Elizabeth started with me when I was pregnant with my son Lucas, who's now 18. So Elizabeth and I have been together 19 years. Wow. Evelyn and I have been together four years. Uh, Evelyn, I love Evelyn. She's half Austrian, half German. Yeah. And I love those two qualities. I, I've, I've never known anybody with that with that combination. Evelyn is a soldier. Whatever you tell her to do, she does it. Yep. Um, it's just her work ethic is just unmatched. But it's so funny because when she gets a little bit frazzled, her sound, her 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 German comes out, and she's very you know authoritative. <laughs> so I, sometimes I have to tell her, let's use your sound of music voice. <laughs> you know, we're trying to get things done. Always works better with the sound of music voice. Um, As I go, my, my daughter Savannah, you know her before, when she was doing some uh, working on our building, when she first came home and started working in the, in the company, she's working on getting her license on the side slowly. Because she goes, first of all, I can't work like this. This building looks horrible and I'm not going to be comfortable until it's beautiful. Right. So first she had to redecorate the office, which took about a year. It was a major project. But we're getting to end, and she'd be negotiating with contractors, and I'd always hear her in the other office going, calling them to find out why they weren't there yet. And I'd hear her going, hello, this is Savannah. And I was like, what is this octave you go into? Because she has a deeper voice, kind of like me. And it was, oh, it is. And she goes, I'm trying not to sound mean. That's <laughs> right. Because she realized she needed an alter ego on that phone call, not to be like, why aren't you here? I'm about done with you. If I have to call you again, because that's where she wants to go. Right. Immediately. Catch more bees with honey than with yes. vinegar. So, so speaking of which, what, what is your personality type? I know Tom, right. we do a lot of disc profiling. Okay, so you won't believe this. I am actually an IC. So I'm an expressive analytical, really? which means I'm bipolar. Oh, yeah, kind of. Um, because typically those two don't go no, together. No. Um, actually, I update my disc profile about every two to three years. That's smart. Um, I was an ID forever. Um, I think though that when I got into leadership, yeah, uh, leading my team, that I, um, I, I my skill set kind of refined. Um, so my coach says, don't don't fool yourself. Uh, in times of conflict and indecision, you're obviously a D. Right. So um, under pressure, right? Yeah. Because you know, as an I, we go to D under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in other words, when the chips are down, you're going to be the one to stand up and say, "Follow me, I got this." Well, the road is paved with dead squirrels that fail to make a decision. Don't be roadkill. That's a great one. I mean, it's the truth. Back and forth, back and forth. They can't. Yeah, yeah. we're selling I mean, street jam, right? Yeah, <laughs> let, let's make a decision. And so, you know, for me, you know, I have a, I hope that I have um, a mentoring and um, an empathetic and compassionate um, side to me for the agents that I mentor. For me, that's super important. You know, we just, uh, so I've had an all-female team all this time, um, and I just hired, my son has come to work with us. He's doing like, he's in the process of getting licensed. 
He's helping us with photography and video. Yeah. Um, and then we just hired a young man, um, Rodrigo, who is from Brazil. He speaks English, Spanish, and Portuguese, 26 years old. So the Diamond Squad is, um, is definitely uh, moving into the male sector. Okay. So we're excited well, about. Diversity going. Okay. Yeah, I mean we're we're excited about um, the the new layers and the and the youthfulness of the team because you know I feel like it just gives us a different dimension and a different layer to help our clients. What is uh, what would you say um, as far as going back? I, I would love to know. I just want to know the people like what kind of kid were you? Were you a good student, a lousy student, a mediocre? Tammy, I don't know if you know this about me. So I was the last kid picked on the playground. Me too. All, all of my life. Me too. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, me too. Uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. No athletic ability. Nope. Um, and three boys: Dan Asbury, Michael Mor Martin, Frank Botdorf. Every day they were the captains. Yeah. And back then, you stood in a line. Yep, you did. And they picked you, and they always picked Rebecca Bryan first. She was not only beautiful, but she was athletic. They picked they Teresa right. Shepard. <laughs> um, they picked Rebecca Holland. They picked Nikki Griner. Every time. It'd get down to me and Danielle Padrone. <laughs> Danielle Padrone um, had like some level of. Um, of probably what you would call Asperger's. Somewhere yeah. on the spectrum, maybe. Somewhere yeah. on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe, maybe better said, um, a musical savant. Um, he was very into music. He didn't know the difference between sand and grass. He'd never went outside. Okay. So it'd get down to me and Danielle Padron, and when they realized that they would be left with me, because they'd always pick Danielle Padron first, they no! Not Glenda Baker. Oh, <laughs> she's the worst. I had her yesterday. It's, it's your not turn. Fair. It's your turn. No, I, I literally had that too. A every day. Totally every day. Yeah. From from zero to twelfth grade. And you think it doesn't do something to you? Why do you still remember the names of kids from that long ago? Oh right, because it's very formative. Oh my God, I remember. I, re yeah. I, I remember every single thing. And you know, it's it's an interesting story because. Um, I was bullied relentlessly. Um, I have a huge accent, which I didn't realize, but even people in the South think I have an accent. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very um, distinctive. I've always kind of been distinctive uh, in my personality. And I was bullied relentlessly by other students and teachers. Yeah. I remember Coach Burgess uh, giving my pay. I sat in the back, of course, because, yeah. you know, and he handed my test paper to the person in the front. And they passed it back the row, 12 people. It was a 33. And the lowest score in the class goes to Glenda Baker, and he passes it down the row. He said that? Oh, yes. Oh, no. And What so, class was it? Uh, social studies. Okay. And I remember he loved Kathy Rowe. Oh, he loved Kathy Rowe. She got to help him. She was the teacher's pet. And... So I was bullied relentlessly, but you know, one of the one of the boys uh, sent me, found me on Facebook, sent me a mess, Facebook messenger. So could I have your email address? And this young man, gentleman now, sent me an email and said I wanted to apologize to you for how I bullied you 
He goes, you won't, um, you can't imagine the years I have spent in therapy about how I bullied you and how it bothered me that I really? went along with the crowd. And now my sons are teenagers. And every morning I get up and I hope and pray that no one is as mean to them as I was to you. Whoa. And I, it was, it, you, of that it was a life changing moment for me. Wow. That, that it wasn't in my head yeah. that the severity of the bullying, because it wasn't called bullying. No way. Back in the 70s and 80s. It was just lied. Go to school and yeah. deal with it. Right? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I know. And do you know that I missed 40 days of school in one semester? So I missed more than half of the semester. Ugh. And they called my mom and told my mom, oh, you know, we may she may not be able to graduate. But, and my mom went over there and she said, look, she's gonna, you're going to graduate her. Whatever we need to do, you're going to graduate her. And so I always say, um, I, I literally, I barely got out of high school. I'm not sure if the reason I got out was because my mother spent so much time with the principal or not. Um, but I never, ever wanted to go to school. I didn't want to go to college. And I, I had worked from the time I was 16. I had found if I, if I studied a subject matter and I became knowledgeable, that that knowledge equaled power. Mm. And I found a way to be good at something because I wasn't good on the, at athletic. I wasn't good on the, on the schoolyard. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was all of a process and building up to the person that I am today. So while I wouldn't ever recommend <laughs> that type of initiation by fire, yeah. it, it made me so strong. But it's funny because I, I, like you said, I look around now and the inclusion and the exclusion in the workplace, in your, in your social setting, your social group, in our you know, ecosystem, how people buddy up and and I and those feelings come back to me oh I'm the last one picked on the playground again and, and don't you find we put that on ourselves when sometimes that's not even what's happening absolutely but absolutely. but we will always be that that uncoordinated kid getting picked last your perception is your reality it is and um, it is you know <clears throat> fortunately uh, I, I try and always focus on what I what value I bring yeah what value I bring to the table and uh, you know these days we talked about alter ego in our in our meeting this week and I and I and I thought to myself you know that's probably served me well yeah because yeah. I left that little girl who was the last person picked on the playground and now I have my big Hollywood glam core mirror and every morning before I leave, I do have the same thing. Before I go and turn it off, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, it's time to be a star. I love that. And I walk out the door and I'm some real estate goddess. And I, I like, I, and you know, I used to, I was like embarrassed because people would say, oh, Glenda, you're a great real estate agent. And I was like, oh, thank you. Now. You own that compliment. I, 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 you gotta, you gotta love who you are. And I think that um, at this age, at this stage of the game, I think that that's why it's hitting on all cylinders because I'm in love with me and I'm in love with what I'm doing and I'm in love with where I am in the world. And I think that's so great. I was, I was speaking in Tulsa last week and it kind of occurred to me when I was talking and I said, you know, 
I think the problem is if we don't share any of the back struggles or the stories, we all see we all see people in one moment of success. Right. And we think that is how your life has always been. Oh yeah. And nine times out of ten or more, it's not. Right. It is a moment of success or where things are going well because most times because you've worked for it, you've done a lot of mental work on yourself, maybe you got a lucky break here and there, but you took advantage of them and you did you right. did the effort, right? But we see someone doing well and we think, well, she's just got it together. She's never struggled with this. It's right. not, you know, it's not fair. I right. deserve that. She doesn't. Right. And um, so I think we all have to go back and say, let me tell you what it took to get here. And getting here doesn't mean staying here, right? right? It can be taken tomorrow. Right. Anything can change. And we've got to keep doing everything we can to be at the top yeah. um, because nothing, nothing's guaranteed for a day, right? Well, and, and, and Gino said it. I, I love what Gino said. And I've heard Tony Robbins say it before. And that is, don't kid yourself. If you're not constant and never improve and always improving, then you're sliding behind because people are passing you. So it's constant and never ending improvement. I wish I had that quote. I need to add it to the notes at some point. It was something like, uh, if you've already stopped improving or something, the slide to mediocrity has already begun. Exactly. It was a great quote. Oh I wrote God. it down and started. I loved it. Wasn't it good? The but, slide to mediocrity. But I, and, and you know, of course I love Gino because he's the, that's right. He's he the chairman. Yes. He's the chairman of my company. And I've had the opportunity to hear him speak. But I have to say, hearing him here this week, was probably uh, resonated with me the most. He was on fire. He was. His words spoke to me. I don't know if I was like open to the experience or what it was, but he, I mean, it just spoke to me over and over again. And here we are, you know, at our age with some maturity on us, and we're still here learning. And we're not oh. going, I've arrived, so everyone follow whatever I'm telling you. It's like, yeah, I've got some things to share, but I've also got things to learn. But what did he say? He, before he said the slide to mediocrity, he said there's three things that uh, that kill you. Arrogance, bureaucracy, and complacency. Yep. And I love that because so true. You are, you're exactly right. Like, yeah, here's Glenda, the real estate goddess. But if you stand there in that one space, don't think that somebody's not behind you nipping at your heels. Yep. And don't think, just like we, like the technology part of it, we need to know everything that's going on in that space so we can leverage it to our benefit. If you're not, if you, and it's, it's like I tell, I, I, I teach agents in my company and I, I speak to agents in my company and I say, if you're going on a listing presentation and you're sitting there thinking, please God, don't say anything about Zillow. Please God, don't say anything about Zillow. Please, God, don't let them know about Zillow. You're kidding yourself. Yeah. You're kidding yourself. People are going online, whether it's Zillow, Realtor.com, like right? They're going online. They're seeking information online. I, I know myself, when, before I buy a product, I do my research online. It's very similar. 93% of consumers search online before they ever contact a real estate agent. Yep. And embrace that, address it. The elephant in the room only gets larger when you don't talk about it. There you go. Bad news doesn't get better with time. Miss Pack, let me ask you a question. Have you been online looking for the value of your home? Really? What did it tell you your home was worth? How, did you think that was right? Did you think it was Great too idea. low? Did you think it was too high? Let me ask you a question. What are your thoughts? 
Because what happens is, is if you don't ask those questions, you don't do that research and discovery, you don't unpack that, then you're never getting the listing because you don't have all the information and you're afraid to ask for it. That's great. So for me, that's, I mean, in my consultation with the seller, in my consultation with the buyer, Ms. Pack, let me ask you a question. You're looking for a home in Marietta, Georgia. Have you been online looking for houses? Because I want to know, have you clicked on something that every real estate agent in Atlanta is calling you to sell you a house? Because then my cadence with you is a little bit different than you're my friend from 40 years ago and you, you've probably been online too, whether you're my friend or not. Yeah. But you need to understand like, what is the, what is the consumer behavior? What is the What's the reality, right? Exactly. It's like we gotta not put our head in the sand. Oh it's whether God. we like it or we don't like it, it's here. We can't be so fancy with our ideals. Oh. We have to be like, this is what it is. Right. We we might want to turn back the time, uh, hands of time on some things, but it's not happening. Yeah, I mean <laughs> so so let's embrace it. Yeah. Let's use it to our advantage, Absolutely. to the consumer's advantage Absolutely. to get the best service. Absolutely. I love that point. And for me, the the competition of of excellent agents the com I mean because agents are getting better faster and the competition is fierce yeah. among the top yeah cream always rises to the top that's right and the best people you know that you're good when you go on a listing appointment or a buyer consultation and you're up against the four other yeah best people yeah um, when you say the division is also getting wider, it's oh. getting wider those that are left behind that are still doing the toupee leisure suit, you know, everything's <laughs> from the MLS printed book. And there are people out there that are still living in that world, God love them. Yeah. And, and then there's, as you said, the cream of the crop, where it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher yeah. because, because of our phones, our computers. Yeah. If you're a hustler, if you're a hard worker, everyone has access to go out there and learn. Absolutely. Just like you did in the 90s when it was probably much more rare. Yeah. Today, there are more people with a little bit of gumption who can get, take those, just think of the access. They didn't need $3,500 today. No. They can get them there for free and learn not everything we know, but a good bit. Oh my. A good absolutely. bit. <laughs> absolutely. You can watch a YouTube video. You sure can. I mean, my gosh, when I need to change the time in my car, I watch a YouTube video. That's right. I mean, throw away the manual. Ser so. Seriously. But the thing about it is, is I think we are in such a unique opportunity where you're right, the division is so great. So you're either dealing with LeBron James and Michael Jordan, or or somebody you don't know their name, or you're in the rec league. <laughs> yes, you it's, are. it's serious. Seriously, there right. it like there is no more like gradual ascending no. to the no. top where you're moving. Like you're either in the top tier. Or, or you're on your way out. Or you're in the rec league. You're, you're in the rec league, you're on your way out, and yeah. you're going to take a few clients down with you before you go. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Right. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's wrap this up, Linda. I wish we had another full hour, and I'm going to have you on again because we didn't even scratch the surface, honestly, on the things I wanted to talk to you oh, about. Tammy, I'm so sorry. I know, but in a good way oh, because God. I was enjoying every moment of it and I was oh like I was like you know it's one of those interviews where I go this might need to be a three-part for sure a two-part oh my gosh the surface of what we want to talk about and I know people are gonna have questions and things that they're gonna to want to hear as well so with your permission we'll even though we won't be maybe in Times Square we will do this again even we do it on the zoom or something like that because there's there's a lot more to be mined from you that can really help that next generation the ones that really are trying yeah. To, to move it up and get better service. And yeah. that's what we're all here for, right? So Absolutely. Thank you for being here, my friend. Ah, it was awesome. See y'all later.